Hello and welcome to the Knowledge of Nothing podcast. Each week we will share with you our thoughts and opinions about our modern mythologies. Such as film, TV, music, comics, gaming, and more. I am your host, Brian, a comic book nerd who thinks of himself as a low-level superhero. And I'm your anti-host, Tony, a movie buff with an unhealthy obsession for overanalyzing anything and everything. And when we're not fighting crime, we're podcasting. Let's get it started. Boom! Boom. Welcome to the Knowledge of Nothing podcast, where learning about nothing is loads of fun. This is episode 20, and we're powered by Soy Cat Candles. Soy Cat Candles. They're 100% soy and 100% possome. Visit soycatcandles.com and tell them that the con man sent you. And make sure you check out their new scents, Island Teakwood and Calla Lily. And as always, we couldn't do this show without you, our fans. And we just received some really good news. We found out this week that we are actually in the top 50 percentile of all podcasts that are out there. And we could not have done that without you. So thank you so much for being so loyal to the show, for being so uh, loyal to us. It truly means the world. And, you know, we're just so excited about it. But we want to shoot for more. We actually want to be in the top 25 percentile. And the only way we can do that is if you share your love of the con with your friends and your families. So please, please, please feel free to share the con with everyone so that we can get into the top 25 percentile of all podcasts out there. Thank you, as always, for being so loyal to us. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you once again. And in today's episode, we'll be discussing South Park, the vaccine special, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin Issue 2, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the new game trailer. But first and foremost, we have some lovely listener mail that we want to uh, read. Yes, I love it. What's this? Number seven now. Woohoo! <laughs> We're up to number seven, people. Thank you so much. And of course, we couldn't end the show without a round of pop quickies. This is going to be a lot of fun. Class is in session. Wayne, hit that bell. We're going to f- start things off this episode with, you know, actually, before we, we get to that, uh, I feel kind of sad, Brian, don't you? Uh, next week's going to be our season finale. I have mixed emotions. Uh, there's a big, big array. Yeah. Sadness is one of them. Um, yeah. I'm kind of anxious. I'm... I have, I'm so proud of what we've accomplished in this first season, and I'm just looking forward to what the future holds for the show. Yeah, me too. But I am sad to kind of see it end um, this season. Uh, if you go back and listen to our very first episode. <laughs> Don't do oh, that. Oh, God help you. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, and then listen to where we're at now. You just can see it, it's night and day. So I'm, I'm really, really excited about season two and what that has in store for us. We've got some great ideas on where we want to take the show, new avenues to to kind of be better engaged with you all. Uh, so we're really excited about it. But I am really kind of sad to see the first season kind of end. Um, yeah, it's, it, it is bittersweet. But Wayne, do you have any thoughts on that? The only thing I could think about is relief. 
<laughs> really? Yes. That yes. No, Wayne. Just kidding. Yeah, we're doing this more for Wayne than yep. anybody else. <laughs> no, I'm messing with you guys. I, I know. I, I, it's you know what? It's been so much fun, and just the journey that we've gone through, and just learning from day to day, week to week. I never would expect it to be where we are currently at. So I can't wait to see what we have coming up next. Yeah, I know. It's an exciting yeah. time. And thank you uh, for, for making it all possible. Uh, with that said, I guess we'll get into our listener email. We've got one more email this week. So that makes it a grand total of seven emails I think we've gotten this season. Woohoo! We're on a roll two or three weeks in a row. So, Brian, why don't you go ahead and... Um, Read that listener email. Yeah, this email comes to us from Olivia. Olivia, before we start, thank you for sharing your thoughts with us. We really appreciate it. And, you know, we look forward to everybody sharing uh, comments with us. Uh, we love engaging with our fans. So it starts off with, hey, Conman, normally I agree with one of you on pop cookies, but I have to disagree on the beer question because it depends on the beer. A lot of my favorite beers come in a can. Salty Lady, Sippin' Pretty, and Cool in the Gang. And the crack of the opening of the can on a hot day is always best. However, something like a Kirin or a Corona is better in a bottle. If forced to pick one, I'd go with canned. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Olivia. Thanks for the feedback, Olivia. I couldn't agree more. Some beers are better in a can versus bottle. And, and vice versa. You know. Yeah. But, yeah, but she is right. Is. When, when you and do vice hear versa. the crack of the can, I think sometimes it's a, it, it gives you that automatic kind of, oh, refreshing. Right? Yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. Whole, or you go super size and you get those crowlers. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yes. There we go. Right. Mm -hmm. yes. That's somebody who came to party. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a great email. So I'm kind of excited to talk about this next uh, subject. As everybody knows, I, I have uh, an affinity for uh, South Park, and one of the very first. I think of number one. Was it number one or number two that we? Uh, that was your number one. Um, no, uh, no, no, but, but, but when we first started this podcast, wasn't it part, what episode was that? One or two? One. Yeah. Oh my we're, God. we're doing a couple callbacks. Our very first episode. Wow. Look at that. We talked about South Park and the pandemic special. And here we are closing out or close to closing out uh, season one. And we have a new South Park special. And it's the vaccination special. So that's what we'll be talking about. I have some thoughts on it. To avoid spoilers for South Park vaccination special, skip to 1454. I have to say, I think I was just a little underwhelmed. You know, I, I really was hoping that this would be a, a fun episode. It really was. But uh, it just did not hit those, those marks that I was looking for when it came to the pandemic special, the pandemic special to me was just, it was a reflection on what was going on at the time. Like I said, in our very first episode, it, I felt like I'd been kicked in the gut. There was some really good commentary in there. This one has some really good commentary, but I think it really doubled and tripled down on the QAnon stuff. And I'm not really that uh, interested in QAnon anymore. I have never been interested in QAnon. So I just felt like, we could have been talking a little bit more about how we could move forward together. Uh, I did like how everybody had this, this aspect of uh, things have changed through, through this year. 
you see the boys kind of going through this, this strife with one another. They don't know if they can be friends anymore because they felt like they've grown as, as people. I kind of feel the same way in certain aspects, and I think a lot of us do. This last year has given us that kind of uh, reflection and are we truly the same people that we were before this thing started? Uh, I would think not. I know I am not. A lot of things have changed in my life. It was all due to the pandemic. I can really relate to, to, to them on that aspect. It, it was entertaining, but I, I just, it wasn't my favorite episode of South Park ever. Brian, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I, I get what you're saying. Um, the pandemic episode was just, it was hitting on all cylinders. It was edgy. It made you question a lot of things. It brought a lot of reality into the show and poked fun at it. And I think that's what we needed at the time. And I get it. There were some good beats to uh, this show, but it didn't hit the same way as the pandemic special for me. So I, I totally understand what you're saying. Now it followed the same format where it's poking fun of reality and what's happening in the real world as South Park always does. But I think at this point where we're at in real life and the pandemic is that, I don't know, maybe we're just all kind of over it and it, it's no longer funny and we just want things to get back to some kind of normalcy. There are some aspects to this special that um, I really liked, like the whole who gets the vaccination versus others and people waiting for for their vaccination and trying to sneak in like into uh, Walgreens. Walgreens became yeah, like the hip nightclub. The, the, I, right? I did enjoy that. I thought and it was pretty funny. Unfortunately, the elderly community has been hit so hard with this pandemic. And it was kind of nice to see them get preferential treatment yeah, in the show. And see them like act like teenagers, yeah, right? right? And they, they're get, like now the cool people. They're the people that everybody wants, wants to be. To be exactly. Yes, so that was and a, they're actually out there burning donuts in in, so uh, in their wheelchairs and things <laughs> right. of that nature, flipping everybody right. off. Because they don't and, have know, to wait in line. <laughs> yes, I loved seeing the elderly so folks, good. just like the people over 65, finally getting their due, man, because they yeah. do... Uh, you know, this this is their time, you know, and basically they can tell everybody to fuck off if they need to. And exactly. Um, I think there there's not too much argument in that uh, neck of the woods. It touched on um, on another issue is how do we get back to normal and what does normal even look like? And will there be like social trust out there? And it just so it's just there's a lot of unanswered questions and it poked fun on all kinds of different political issues like South Park does. So it doesn't matter where you lie or even care about, you know, it's going to touch upon everybody's point of view or, you know, make make fun. They're going to make it extreme like they do. But it was also funny to see one of my favorite parts of the show is seeing the two news broadcasters kind of going at it and, you know, definitely uh, competing news outlets, you know, with, <laughs> right. with different views. And it. You know, it, it's it feels, funny that feels because so it was real. so true. <laughs> I know. It feels so real, right? And where they can look at the same scene and both have a different spin on it based on whatever agenda that they're trying to push. And it's sad because it's true. <laughs> and, yeah, I know. Uh, it know, really is sad. And at this point, we just have to laugh at it. And that's just where we're at now. But it wasn't as edgy or shocking as I think as the first uh, special was. I think that's what we were kind of expecting. So I, I get it where the the ratings and the reviews are a little mixed. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, go ahead, Wayne. I think one thing that the South Park episode showed us is that you guys 
are, we're ahead of the curve on some things. Like we in, are? Yeah. <laughs> I believe um, in our previous episode, we mentioned some things, which I believe they kind of had a disclaimer that was unique to this episode. I believe, yeah, they, yeah. It, I think it was a two-four, right? It was a two-four because I had a, uh, I said the Muppets, and then there was also the disclaimer, right? Yeah, which we recorded before this episode premiered. Yes, exactly. So Wayne, do you want to read what that uh, what that said? Yeah, hold on, let me find it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, didn't hold mean on. to catch you off guard. Hold on, let me do that real quick. Give me, get it, get it. Da, 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 da. Cue the music, Wayne. So South Park changed their disclaimer they usually have before the show. So this one reads as the following. This program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. These stereotypes were wrong then and will be wrong in the future. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. Like the Muppets, this show should not be watched by anyone. And obviously, there's a dig regards to Disney Plus and their disclaimers yes. for that. So I know, but we did talk about that on our last episode, right? That was a huge theme. And how are we supposed to change things without having that context of the past to kind of guide us forward? So uh, I thought that was brilliant. That is a brilliant way to start the show. I just wish it kind of lived up to the hype uh, throughout. Uh, I still love the show. Still going to watch it. I'm, I'm disappointed because we've only gotten like two, what, complete episodes in the past year. That's kind of bugged me because I, I, I need South Park in my life well, like, it, more it, often. It's probably pushed back like everything else it was in Hollywood. Just True. projects got pushed back. And I'm thankful we got what we got. I've always kind of saw South Park as a measuring stick for how um, society is is going on. They always seem to be edgy, up-to-date with real-time issues in a weird, funny, laugh-at-yourself kind of way. And and if we're all able to laugh at ourselves through South Park, then is it really that bad? You know? <laughs> so, I mean, it's you, when it stops becoming funny is, I think, is when there's like real, real issues out there. But if we still have the ability to laugh at ourselves, then, uh, then there we go. Yeah, I, I totally agree. The one thing I do want to call out is I did enjoy the fact that Mr. Garrison just acted like nothing had ever happened. And he was just trying to live his life as normally as possible. And everybody else has just got this, like, they're, they're so pissed off at him. They're so mad at him. And he's just like oblivious to anything that's going on around right. him. And we got the return of Mr. Hat. <laughs> yes. And Mr. Hat is back. So, you know, they left it on a good note. And I think, that's where we're going to leave this segment, and we'll be back right after a word from our sponsors. Greetings, converts. Visit the Soy Cat Candles online store and stock up on all-natural 100% soy wax candles infused with essential oils, animal earth and human friendly. Visit www.soycatcandles.com. That's www dot s-o-y-c-a-t-c-a-n-d-l-e-s dot com soy cat candles 100% soy 100% paw some to avoid spoilers for the last ronin issue two skip to 2901 all right and welcome back everybody i'd like to take a few minutes to discuss teenage mutant ninja turtles the last ronin issue two 
Don't we feel like we're we're going back to our our roots with episode one now? I mean, we talked about the last Ronin. We're now talking about South Park. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it feels like this whole thing is kind of coming full circle. This is yeah. This right? is a lot of fun. I mean, and it's just going to continue from here. Like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic book here. Um, we'll keep giving our reviews as they drop. So yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm glad that this we had a chance to to read it and enjoy it. Um, I have not been a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan. I mean, I, I do have like, uh, I did watch the movies. I did love the video game, which we'll talk about a little bit later. There's something new on the horizon there. But I have not been a fan, a huge fan of the Teenage Mutant, Mutant Ninja Turtles. Brian has actually turned me around on that. This last Ronin book two, uh, this story is just so damn good i the second book is just it's great it's heartbreaking it's got all of this stuff in there and i did i'm, I'm kind of bummed though my my whole thing about Ma- michelangelo is uh my theory well, what's proved. your theory yeah remind my, my, everybody my my theory back in the day was that uh i thought april o'neill was talking about uh michelangelo like uh, talking to the turtle at the end of, in the panel of how do I even describe it? So your original theory was, as April was talking to this injured turtle, uh, she posed a question, who were you talking to, Michelangelo? And that could have been interpreted several different ways. Were yeah, there- my interpretation thought that she was saying, hey, uh, were you talking to Michelangelo? Brian, you thought it was literal. Or she was talking. Yeah, to Michelangelo. I thought me. she was you talking about. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I thought she was talking about like, hey, you guys who are you talking to? I know. Oh, I can't even describe it. I, that just shows you. You know, I Tony, think that we've gotten so far, stop. and then we feel like I feel like we're back at episode one again. Oh my god! So Tony, you're thinking about that. That turtle was talking to Michelangelo in his dream. Whereas April was wondering if she was saying, talking to Michelangelo, who was physically in front of her. Right. Literal you Michelangelo. See, Wayne, Wayne, thank you for saving the day on that. Oh and Wayne God. only has this knowledge because he's read both of the books in the past 24 hours. So, <laughs> Like I do. It, it was like the Cobra Kai. You know, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but not as bad by any means. No. Yeah. You didn't read it at 1.5 speed? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, my theory was wrong and Brian was right. I have to give you kudos, Brian. Yes, Michelangelo is alive. He is the last Ronin we find out in book two. But uh, I'll, I'll let Brian kind of take it from here. You know, this book, it's been described as kind of like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles version of The Dark Knight. And I think it's kind of living up to that hype. It's getting so dark, so deep. This is not your kid's version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that you see on Nickelodeon. You know, this is not the cartoon that we we all grew up with in the 90s. This is an adult book. This deals with death. This deals with pain. This deals with grief, uh, loss. And there is a lot of gore. There's a lot of adult content in this book. And we jump right back into it where we see April kind of waking up from a past dream that of the night it all kind of went down. You know, Master Splinter has been uh, wounded pretty severely and Raphael leaves the leaves the group um, in hunt for the Foot Clan that that ambushed them to seek some revenge and it gets pretty it bad from there. Well. It does, yeah, not, it end does well. not end well. Michelangelo is recalling that event and that's kind of what pushed him to 
uh, think about his journey through all this. And in the middle of this book, which is which is a very nice callback to Kevin Eastman, uh, Michelangelo has kind of a, a yeah. Who who is Kevin Eastman? If, if for those folks that aren't really um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so savvy. Kevin Eastman and Peter Lillard are the creators of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They are the um, the artists and the creators of the whole story from the very first issue. They're the ones who came up with this, and Kevin Eastman um, is now drawing a series of pages for for this book in Michelangelo's flashback scene on kind of his reflection of what happened and how he became the last Ronin in a black and white segment in the middle of the story, which was a very nice tribute piece. Hey, Brian, why yeah. is it a tribute piece? Because uh, I know there's a specific art style to it, right? Yeah, the original Ninja Turtles comic book was in black and white. And Kevin Eastman has a very distinct art style like like all artists do and uh yeah, it's very very it's like black and white it's very fuzzy it's not you can't really kind of it, it does look like a dream state at some point right um and you can tell it is very distinct that it is it's pure his art style it's how the original books were in their original run and for him which to i go, thought was great right because oh, it's i mean a, it's, it's a callback to to the origins of this whole thing it's amazing it is so amazing you know it, it was a it was a nice touch to this already good story and we kind of saw this in the in the first episode if you've if you've read it i gotta keep calling him episodes i'm so used to talking tv talk but it's actually in the first book uh we find out that casey jones and april o'neill have a baby and uh, she is she is a badass beyond uh, any level. The other thing that was really really deep was when she is having that conversation with with Michelangelo, and she basically finds his uh, seppuku. Is that how you say that seppuku? Basically, he was going to off himself in the first book, and she calls him out on it. Says, "Hey, listen, you know, I I'm well versed in all of these martial arts." Even this right here, I know what was up. I know what you were going to do. This is a very dark book. It's dealing with a lot of things that I just did not expect. And that's that's the joy of this. I feel like they have taken the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and they're no longer teenage. I, I feel like this is a very adult kind of uh, story. This is a way for... for um, Michelangelo to he's always been the goofball right I mean he's, he's always been the guy that's kind of like doesn't really give a shit he I'm doing my own thing cowabunga I want some pizza I want this I want that he's always been the fun loving guy and here he is now the last Ronin and he has to carry the responsibility of all of his brothers and of Splinter and everything else and uh, that is just weighing on him so much and he wants to to seek revenge Brian yeah, so we find out that Michelangelo is still mutating. You know, he is still growing. He's no longer yeah. a mutant. And he recalls on several of these injuries and falling from great heights and being involved in an explosion. All these things theoretically should have killed him. You know, but, you know, his mutated body is growing stronger. It's helping him heal faster. And, you know, you look at him in some of these panels, and this is not a thin small turtle he was always kind of traditionally the smallest of the four turtles and he is jacked really he, he was really he was the smallest yeah of the he was four the turtles? smallest I, of them all see and, i don't even i didn't even know that he but you is, would never know that he looks like like the incredible hulk <laughs> like if i was standing next to the to the rock you know like <laughs> you know, wow and, really uh, yeah well 
I just want a scenario where I'd stand next to the rock. But are you talking about your gut or <laughs> right. are you talking about your muscles? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, I'm thick in in places that are not my muscles. <laughs> I'm thick in the layer that protects my muscles. <laughs> but anyway, Michelangelo is still mutating and he is becoming stronger and Kind of Wolverine-esque, right? Well, I just think like over over time, it's just what would have happened to all of the turtles. But here is obviously a tortured soul. He's got survivor's guilt and he's so focused on completing Master Splinter's mission and seeking revenge for his family. This book has left us with a lot of questions, but it is answering some. It's dark. The story's engaging. It's very um, adult, but it's going to be a classic yeah, I, I've already got the sense. We're, we're two episodes or two. There I go again. We're two issues in. And uh, like I said, I've never really been a fan of the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on that level. But I highly suggest that you should read this book, especially if you grew up in that era of the uh, late 80s, early 90s. I think it's really kind of a good time, especially after everything we've been through in the past year. It's really good to kind of revisit this. And this is the perfect story for the perfect time. That's just my opinion. So, Tony, I know that you didn't grow up a fan, but let's hear from a, a fan that did grow up with the Turtles. Wayne, what did you and Dana think about it? I did get a chance to read the original graphic novels. And being a, a fan of those, it basically brought me back to reading the original graphic novels, uh, which I love the art style. I, just that kind of vibe, the grittiness, the vi- kind of violent factor of it, and just it was more dark. One thing that kind of popped to mind is that these issues of The Last Ronin remind me of like a, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle version of Logan. You know, yes. it just takes takes that character, that genre of like the X-Men, but down on a line in the future, but it's a much more bleaker, darker time. And it's just more real. It feels more real right. for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, I I agree with you Well, 100%. the stakes are a lot higher in this. I mean, this is not your kid's comic book. Well, in the- but just think about it, too. I mean, Michelangelo is is carrying this whole burden of of revenge, of all of this stuff. That I think he, he would have I been mean, the most unlikely turtle to do that, too. Exactly. And I think that that's what's part of... Uh, I think that's another engaging aspect of the story, is that you're taking the turtle that had the least kind of amount of responsibility, if you will. Uh, and the one that was the most truest of all, like he just kind of was like, Hey dudes, uh, let's party and really didn't think much about anything. And now you're putting this whole burden on him. You're putting the deaths of his father, his, his brothers, uh, and, uh, you know, and he's been stewing on this and they, they talk about this for years. It seems like he has come up with this whole thing. And in the first issue, it, it looked very bleak. He didn't think that he was going to survive it. So he was going to perform seppuku. I, am I even saying that right? Yeah, close you know? enough. Sure. Okay, whatever. Uh, Did you say he was, serum- he was going to do ritual suicide? Yes. Yes, he was going to do ritual suicide. Right. Not, um, not, the, not the math game. Sudoku? <laughs> Sudoku. Yes, not no, he wasn't trying to figure out what uh number should go in what square. No, it was not that. He was going to kill himself. He was going to off himself. But you just see this this huge burden that's now on on top of him. I'm in a hundred percent. It is a, a fascinating read. If you haven't read it, please start doing so now because it is incredible storytelling. Let me ask you guys, what did you think of the last panel? What when April O'Neill 
took that item out of the safe. Did you guys catch oh, that? Yeah. Yeah, I did, but I don't know what that was. I, I meant to ask you, what is that? Because I have no idea what that was. Well, I just uh, before, saw this before I answer, let me see what Wayne's reaction is. I, I wasn't 100% sure, so I don't know if it was Metalhead or not, but that's my guess. Okay. So good guess, Wayne. Metalhead is an android uh, that Donatello built to help the turtles out, um, finding uh, the little mousers. Uh, that that were hunting Master Splinter. I'm getting into some really geeky turtle culture here. But, yeah, you are because uh, I'm lost. The head that April pulls out is actually a robot from uh, from Krang uh, and the Technodrome um, called Fugitoid, and Fugitoid stands for Fugitive Android. And uh, we don't know what happened to to that android, but now all of a sudden we see April. She has his head. And what that leads to, or what that means, we don't know yet. Oh, wow. You see, so, um, wow, we, we're all learning something. But I'm excited to see what transpires in the next episode. <laughs> you know what? I feel like right now we kind of need a break. Oh, actually, before we get to the break, don't we want to go on to some, like, lighter Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle news? Uh, you know, I feel like this has all been really, really heavy, but uh, there were some other news that dropped regarding a new... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle video game. Wayne, do you want to, or Brian, do you guys kind of want to talk about that? Because I feel we need to lighten this up a little bit. Well, yeah, there was a trailer that dropped, and it was just a teaser about a new video game that's being developed right now. And it's actually made by the same creators who made the Scott Pilgrim versus the World. That's kind of a 16-bit pixel style. Yes. Uh, yes. And also the developers who also created the new Streets of Rage 4 beat-em-up game. So they got some cred. And yeah. basically, nice. the, the, the trailer is fantastic because it's an homage to the 90s uh, intro with the music and everything. I think that was the lead singer from Faith No More put the vocals to it. Wow. Yeah. I love and, it. And they showed a little clip at the end, some gameplay, and it's that old school, like, Turtles in Time pixel-related uh, graphics. It looked amazing. Let me tell you. How many, how many quarters did you spend on that game? Like back in the day, I know, I know I must have dropped at least a hundred dollars in that game because it was just, uh, you were so, um, addicted to it. Right. And especially if you had four players on at the same time yeah. and one of you died, you were like, no, I need to get back in there and help these guys. And it was just, it was such a cool game at the time. Uh, I remember spending so much into it. And when I see this trailer, I was instantly, instantly taken back to that console game, that that big, huge video console, and playing with three other people that I've never met in my life. Uh, never would talk to them after that ever again. But we, for a second, were a team trying to defeat Splinter and all of his baddies. Shredder. Right? It was just, Shredder. It was, or, or, I mean, Shredder. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Shredder. Shredder, Splinter, it's the fucking same, same difference. Anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> Not even. I meant Shredder. <laughs> Shredder. I'm sorry, Shredder. But anyhow, I just thought it was uh, it was it was fantastic. And if it's by the people that did Scott Pilgrim, I, I I'm really looking forward to this game. I mean, Wayne, when you shared the trailer with us, I mean, I could not stop smiling. I was just like so. It took me back to my childhood. I just loved it. I cannot like. I wanted to play it now. I, yeah. I still want to play it now. I know. I, wanna, I, I want to play it now. Yeah, yeah. that's the that's just, the only. I want to get a thing. team. Let's do this. We have no release date. And they haven't said what platforms they're going to be going out to. I'm going to guess probably all the major video game consoles, but just going to wait and see. Wait and see. We'll keep everybody you know, posted as we learn more about it. 
you know what? That probably we should probably play this game online and invite all of our friends on when it comes out, and they can watch us all play our favorite turtle together in co-op. Woo. And uh, maybe we'll do it on Twitch or something like we'll that. We'll see if, that, that like if, that's a, if we're able to do that. That'd be amazing. Uh, if it's online play, hell yes, hell yes. Yes, let's. I yes, let's. So if it is online play and we can do that. Uh, we need a fourth person, so maybe that could be you. If you're interested in that, let us know at the info at knowledgenothing.com. And who's your favorite turtle? Mine uh, is always going to be Mick, Michelangelo. Uh, I mean, uh, it's I was, just like he was everybody. I was asking what? fans. <laughs> yeah, oh, you already, you sorry, already answered sorry. that question. You're right. I was asking the listeners. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. All right. Okay. Never mind. I will shut up now. Brian, go ahead. One more time. And make sure when you leave her comment, who your favorite turtle is. Who would you like to play in this co-op game? And we're going to end this segment... With a poll result. The the poll we posted to you was Cool Whip versus Ready Whip. And I have to say, I thought I was going to annihilate this one. I, once again, I thought I was right. But it was a lot closer than we anticipated. And it ended up being a 50-50 split. We have our very first draw, folks. We are tied on both sides. I still say I am right. Brian still thinks he's probably right or is right. Yeah, not probably. <laughs> Just... yeah. But it was 50-50 down the line. I, I could not believe that. How dare you people? How dare you hydrogenated oil and high fructose corn syrup well, over my beloved cream and sugar and nitrous oxide. Tony, you know this can't end in a tie. Because ties are like what? What are they? Oh. <laughs> ties are like what? I was going to make a movie reference, but then I forgot what movie it was from. So I didn't want to. <laughs> so <laughs> wait, wait. What was the reference? What was the reference? Uh, somebody says like ties are like kissing your sister, right? Or something like that. What? I thought it was ties, ties are for losers. No. Are you looking it up, Wayne? I'm trying to find yeah, it. Wayne is looking it up right now. Yeah, it's like kissing your sister. It's like a like one of the sports movies. Eh? Okay, I found it. Oh. The expression, the the expression ties are like kissing your sister, comes from Navy coach Eddie. Erdaltz in 1953 when he came up with this classic definition of a tie football game while describing a scoreless tie between Navy and Duke University. Oh, there you go. They've used it in a movie too, in a sports movie. Yeah, well, uh, it, it looks like it is uh, in his, an actual quote. Wow. Yeah. You learned something new <laughs> on the Knowledge of Nothing podcast. The more thought. you know. <laughs> yes, the more you know. All right. Cue the rainbow, Wayne. I don't know if I could find that one. <laughs> I know. I just threw it out there. Every time I say cue something, you, you've magically come up with something out of your ass. So I just want to see where that leads. Anyhow, but what were you saying about the tie? What are we gonna, are we going to do anything to break this tie? Yeah, we've got something special as a tiebreaker, and you guys will have to find out on our season finale. So stay tuned for that. There will be yes. a winner. There will be a winner. This will not it, end. Season one will not end with a tie. That's right. So. Next episode for the season finale, who will win? Cool Whip versus Ready Whip. And with that said, we are now going to cut to a word from our sponsor. 
This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Conmen, K-O-N-M-E-N. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. It's time for Pop, Pop, Pop Quickies. Hey guys, welcome to our second to the last Pop Quickies for the season. Oh, I'm so sad. I know. Uh, you know, the thing is, I think you guys have been too kind and gentle with each other this episode. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. Uh, yeah, we have. I think the last episode too, I think we've been like, yeah, we need to kind of uh, tussle in the mud a little bit, don't you yeah. think? Something like that. Well, I'm going to start <laughs> off a with... a disturbing image. I'm not sure why you're going with that, Tony, but okay. You're my boy, <laughs> Blue. You're right. my boy, Blue. Get in there all deep like... <laughs> uh, oh, boy. All right. So, obviously, the, earlier in this episode, we talked about Ninja Turtles. And we in the past episode, we did talk about who's your favorite one. But now I have a question for you. Who's your favorite side character? So, you know, like Splinter, April, etc. So, of those characters that you know of, which one is your favorite? Uh, I have to say Casey Jones. I, there was something cool about that mask. It reminded me of Jason from the Friday the 13th series, and he was a badass, and he used a hockey stick to kind of beat people up. I, I know that seems more like in Brian's wheelhouse, but uh, <laughs> that uh, since he's a hockey fan, but and the Mighty Ducks fan, I should say, at that. Um, but I feel like, I don't know. He was just a cool character. I really liked him. I like that actor that played him too. I can't remember in the in the film. The OG uh, but, film? Yes. Mm. I, I can't remember who that guy was, but uh, I remember seeing him in a uh, like a John Hughes movie at one point too. But wasn't anyhow. he in Superman? Was he in Superman? The Man of Steel. Oh, oh I, I don't remember. know. I'll have to go I'll have to go back and look. Now my MBDing it. Hold on. While I'm looking it up, I'll I'll talk about my favorite side character. And that would be Baxter Stockman. Mm. You know, here is a scientist that Krang and Shredder have kidnapped and are forcing him to um, create mutagen and just other science experiments against his will. Uh, he is being held hostage and forced to work with them. And this guy just wants to, he's not good, he's not bad, he just wants to survive. And whatever side kind of fits his agenda, you know, that's going to get him to the next day. That is a character I, I understand, you know, like he doesn't have loyalties to anybody but himself. And I just, I kind of feel for that character. So I, I always appreciate the, the comics or the episodes that have him in it. Wow. And I have no idea who that is. <laughs> he turns into a fly. <laughs> oh, the fly dude. Okay. Yeah. The yeah. fly dude. Yeah. That's all you had to say was the fly dude. You didn't well, need to I go said into, his name. <laughs> what was his name again? Baxter Stockman. Oh, okay. Just call him Fly Dude. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm surprised no one mentioned Bebop or Rocksteady because I love those two. You know, I do too. Um, I like them, but they're stupid. Yes. And I just like, you know, like if if they ever worked for me, I'd fire them in an instant. I, they're just stupid, stupid. I, I like I like smart characters. I like Donatello. Yeah. I like Baxter Stockman. I really, really think intelligence is, is, a, is an awesome quality. And 
So when somebody's on then, screen, then why just do you like stupid. Then, then why do you like the Mighty Ducks? Why do I hang out with uh. you? I don't know. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, what's the next Moving question? On. All right. Got a food question for you guys. Do you guys prefer dry rub or sauce for barbecue? Uh, sauce. I like a, a, a messy barbecue. And uh, there's nothing like a sweet, tangy barbecue sauce, especially like on like on beef ribs. And the way I, we barbecue, uh, my dad's taught me, you always start with a dry rub, but you always kind of hit it with that with that mop of wet barbecue sauce that you kind of make on yourself and just give it a nice bath in it you know a good good washing with that sauce you you drag it through the river and you pick up that that beef rib on the bone and it is just dripping and it's impossible to be clean and eat this thing you know you eat it it's going to give yourself that that barbecue sauce smile on each cheek and <laughs> you're going to need a hot wet towel to clean up afterwards and get all that that sticky barbecue sauce off your hands and face I have to prefer the the sauce, but my issue with the sauce is that a lot of it is very one note, and um, I I can understand why Brian likes it because he loves ketchup. So that's been my one issue. Um, I, I prefer kind of like mustard mustardy sauces, but if it hits that right note, it it can't be sweet. And it can't be, it has to be balanced. And if there's a little bit of heat in there, I'm good. But I'm never big on sauces that are sweet. Uh, I just, uh, if there's a kiss of it, I'm good with it. But on the whole, it needs to have tang. It needs to have heat. And uh, it can't be sweet. It can't be like ketchup. But anyway. How dare you? I have never, ever thought of my barbecue sauce as ketchup. I love ketchup. My barbecue ketchup sauce. One of the, okay, what's in your your ketchup? Is ketchup one, one of the of uh, many. Oh, you see? One, there you go. Just because it's, it's in one there of the, it's doesn't one, mean, yes. doesn't it's mean that it is ketchup. No, but you're making it out of ketchup. No, I'm so not. that is, is my one, point. I knew you would love different, it because ketchup was involved. Do you make barbecue sauce without using ketchup? Um, You can, yes. Do you? Uh, no, I don't make it. I usually have my own bottled kind. <laughs> so you don't or, make or it at all. I get it from somewhere else. So no, you don't, don't make, make it, it at all. Then don't, don't preach to me about it. Yeah. <laughs> right? I don't well, tell you to make thick mayonnaise. Yeah, don't <laughs> preach to me about making barbecue sauce. Well, hey, okay. Maybe when that's how done, we start off season it, two it, it with our with our street secret recipes when, for mayonnaise. When the barbecue sauce is done, it is not ketchup. It doesn't even resemble ketchup. It doesn't taste like ketchup. But is ketchup in it? Yes, it is. Okay, there you go. On to the next question. Well, hold on, Wayne. Hold on. I want to. I want to. I want to say something. Um, going back to the previous one, um, the actor who played Casey Jones is Ellis Cortez, and uh, he was not in The Man of Steel, uh, like I previously thought, so I just wanted to correct myself there. Okay, fair enough. When are you going to correct yourself on the ketchup? When I'm wrong, <laughs> and I'm not, so you know, don't hold your breath. I have a poll that says otherwise. <laughs> oh my God, you guys. All right, moving on. If you had to choose between these two. Cheap beer or cheap wine? Oh, cheap beer. Yeah, absolutely. Because cheap beer, you play beer pong with. You play all your uh, your classic college games with, with cheap wine. I mean, like... Cheap wine is cheap wine. I, I say cheap wine. Cheap beer is just... When you have really bad, cheap beer, 
It is disgusting. It tastes like water. It doesn't even taste like beer. No, those are the with beers wine, you play games with. At least it's the same with. thing. What? Those are the wine. Those are the beers you play games with, like beer pong or the other, you know, backyard beer games. You know, it's just like you but want a shooting beer that's not gonna. Well, then you know you haven't lived. Yeah, <laughs> I play. I play oh, beer sports. Ouch. I play beer sports. You know, I enjoy my my craft. You know, expensive. Seven dollar can beer, you know. But if I can spend ten bucks on a twenty four pack of some kind of light beer out there, and you know, fill up the beer pong tables with it, and play quarters with it, or or whatever else, then that's what I'm going to spend the money on, and you can just have fun doing that. But wine, I mean, wine is it's it's an addition to the meal. So buying cheap wine, it's like buying a uh, a, a cut of beef that's just not very good, or old bread, or something yeah, like dude, that. That it's is such gross. a myth, man. That no, it's is such not. a myth. I've done it. It is it's not a dude. myth. I've lived it. <laughs> oh, you have lived it. Well, yeah. I forgot, Mister Sommelier. Um, you're gonna have to correct me. So I need to let me grab some wines, and then we'll see how good you are at that. I'll throw some two buck chuck in there, and you know okay. what? And let's see if you can tell the difference. I the question was, you know, what which one is worse for me and i would not go cheap on wine i'd go cheaper on beer i would go cheaper on wine because i mean again with wine it's just have fun with your wine soda (laughs) hey i like there's nothing wrong with grape soda i love grape soda (laughs) oh you can make i love it you can make some really good sangria with that though oh yeah you can you Mm -hmm. can kind of spice it up with or you can make better sangria with a better wine no yeah sangria is great i'm not knocking sangria but you know, you get what you pay for. So either you use fresh fruit or you don't, or you use a good quality wine or you don't, you know, yeah, and I, I, I have prefer, fun with what I, you pay for. Yes. Uh, I, and I prefer the wine. I'll go with cheap wine over cheap beer because beer to me, I like the, the taste. I like the nuances of it. Um, and I'm willing to spend more money on that when it comes to the light stuff. It just, it's, it's, uh, I wouldn't even serve it to, I wouldn't even serve it to Brian. <laughs> so it's just that's I where I that. go. So I'm me. going with I would go, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't subject you to that. But you know, uh, give my me the ideal, cheap wine any day. My ideal wine price is between fifteen and twenty dollars. That to me, you can find some amazing quality wines. That now for for beers, you know, I enjoy um, breweries and craft beers just like anybody else. But I'm not a big beer drinker, and when I do do it. I like it being a social event and my brothers and I, or my friends, we like playing sports. We're very competitive where we play beer pong, you know, uh, the discs game and we're just flowing through this beer like crazy. So it's not that important to me to have a really high quality beer for that. Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) All right, guys, moving on. Let's go back to Ninja Turtles real quick. Yes. Okay. This could be a really easy one. Tony, I think you'll be, you'll be fine with this one. Okay, thanks. Yeah, it's going to be straightforward. So Ninja Turtles, you got the four brothers. Each four have a very unique weapon. Which weapon would you choose to be yours? The bow staff, the katana blades, the size, or the nunchukus? This is easy for me. I got it. Uh, I just love the size. Uh, size are just badass. I, I just, I've always wanted to kind of, if I ever went into the martial arts field, Size just seem very kind of cool. They're like little tridents for your hands, and you can just do whatever you can with them. 
I don't know. Yeah, I have to say size. Size for me. So I'd go the the Ralph uh, way of Raph. things. Yeah, Raphael. Ralph, whatever. Raph, Ralph. <laughs> it's all the same. Uh, fly guy. Fly mosquito guy. guy. Rock steady. Boom steady. Bebop. All the steadies. Rock. Bebops. Rock steadies. Yes. So size. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> I'd go with the bow stop. That's what attracted me to Donatello in the first place. I just liked his weapon. It was as a, a child. Stick. It was a child. Uh, that's a, that's a weapon I could just find around the house and pretend I was a Ninja Turtle with Eo. And it just uh, there's something the simplicity of it and the functionality is, is something that I really liked. And then learning more about the character and I love Donatello. I like everything about him, including his weapon. For me, it'd be the bow staff. Very good. And you can use it to jump rivers too, in Animal Crossing. Yeah, like, or or between boulders, like they did in Tremors, right? <laughs> yes. See, I, I would have gone with the nunchucks. That's just something yep. for me. Yeah, I, I always I practice with the nunchucks, and I remember <laughs> practicing and trying to catch it like they do in the movies under my arm. Oh yeah, and catching the chain instead of the stick itself, and having it whack me in the back of the head. <laughs> and I just remember my dad. One of the the few times where he really really laughed like hard was when he was. I, I'm just I'm whipping these things all around my body, and I'm I'm feeling like a badass, and then I'm really good, and I'm going to end it all by catching it under my arm, and then. Whew, crack in the back of my head knocked me silly and he just laughed like so hard <laughs> that, uh, that is funny that's uh, really funny i actually kind of picture that um, yeah. yeah it was that you painted a perfect picture for me okay i got a vehicle related question for you guys if you had to choose between these two heated seats or heated mirrors heated seats all the way <laughs> No, heated mirrors. Why the hell would you need a heated mirror? I I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, why would you need that? I don't know. Does it fog up on your side mirrors? Yeah, but you know what? I, I need my ass to be warm. I, I live, I live where, uh, do I need to remind you guys where I live? <laughs> I live where it was two degrees below cell or below zero for a week straight. So I need... And and if you've seen my button, and we've talked about this before, I know I'm getting way too intimate here, but I have no ass. I have nothing. I have no fat. Remember how Brian was saying that he needs that fat? He's got that fat that covers his muscles yeah, I don't and protects need his it. muscles. I have plenty I of don't it. Have I don't, any, I don't have it. any of it. I have nothing. So I am feeling, I am feeling that coldness on my ass. So I need, I need, need. Heated seats. Okay. It, end of question. Right. Heated en, mirrors. End of story. Heated mirrors. Not that I need heated mirrors. I just don't want heated seats. You know, I live in Southern California. <laughs> Why? Well, I'm about to explain. <laughs> I live in Southern California where it is always, always hot here. Uncomfortably hot. You know, and I just don't want something else adding to the heat of my car. In fact, I wish there was a cooling component to my seat. I fear if... My seats got too hot. One, it would just sweat. Sitting in my sweat, it would be gross. And I know that when the the heater on in the car is is on and the the car is really toasty, I get sleepy. I don't want to be sitting in traffic or driving and then just feeling tired or sleepy. And I feel like a heated seat would make me feel sleepy. <laughs> wow. Okay, so heated mirrors then, huh? Yeah, yeah. Just because you know, for uh. for safety reasons. <laughs> for, safety. for safety it's all about safety all about it's all safety, about safety. Yeah. all right moving on got a couple more questions here sweet actually good segue there tony sweet or savory 
Either or? One or the other. Oh, my God. Um, if you had to choose something uh, savory, sweet, something savory. Uh, sa- savory, savory. I, I need savory. Savory is something that, uh, as I've gotten older, it's kind of weird. I used to be all about sweets when I was a kid, but as I've gotten older, sweets are, I can eat them in moderation, but they're not, they're not as important to me anymore. The savory is what I love. I love the, the there's so many more things that you can kind of do with it. Um when it comes to sauces, when it comes to meat, when it comes to uh, just everything uh, sweet. I don't know. I don't know why it's really kind of turned me off in the, in the past uh, few years, but I'm just not a sweet person anymore. It's true. That's that, the truth. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. I totally, I totally walked into that one. I know. So savory, um, savory for me all the way. I just, uh, it, that's what I prefer. All right, Brian. Again, Tony and I see eye to eye on this one. It's wow. going to be savory. I am also wow, not really? a sweet uh, fan. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> nice catch. Well, you yes. saved yourself right there. Uh, um, you but saved yeah, yourself. I, I agree with you. There's just more, I think there's more variety with savory. And mm. in to your point, when, when I'm eating something that's sweet, I can only do it in moderation. And I get tired of it pretty quickly. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It's like you have a bite or two and you're yeah, kind of and like, I'm done. okay, I'm done. I'm done. All right. Last question, gents. Do you prefer fries and you could choose any type of fry with any type of dipping sauce or chips, any type of chip with any kind of dipping sauce? So fries versus Yeah, we're talking like the potato chips, not like the English style chips where they it, call them fries. No, no. So it could be potato chips. It could be a okay. corn chip. It could be any kind of chip in that sense or fries. So chips versus fries. I'm going to go with this one. Fries. Yep. What? Yeah, fries. Just with my meal, it's a it's a nice side dish. I'm a big fan of fish and chips. I like chips with my hamburgers. I just it's just it's just good. You can put things on them. I don't know. Just to me fries are very versatile and uh and I enjoy them. I like the taste of them. I like, you know, I prefer like the bigger st- like steak fries. I like them with several different types of sauces. Um you can you can make like almost like a nacho dish or, or you can put like chili cheese fries and, you know, just, there's just, they're versatile. Very, very versatile. No, they're not. They are anything <laughs> but, dude. They are anything but chips. Fries are not chips. versatile? Okay. No, they're not. Please sell me they're on that. They're fucking fries, dude. Please they're sell fries. Me tell me what you cannot do with fries. So nachos, you said you make nachos with Absolutely. fries? Absolutely. put cheese on no. them. You put all kinds of loaded no. stuff on top of them. No. no, no, you don't. That's I do no, because then it, because it becomes Expand a big your horizon, gelatinous. My it 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 becomes a big gelatinous mess. It is all one texture. It is all it's one. No, if you're going to do with fries, it is. It is Brian. It, it is, is. Uh, fries to me <laughs> are not versatile. It. It's right. all Expand about the your chips. imagination. You can do anything with fries. chips. Are you want to talk about versatile? Let's talk about chips. Okay? Please, please chips, sell me on chips. You can, you can, you can actually, uh, you can, you can make nachos out of them. You can eat them with a side dish. Uh, you, you they, they're a great compliment. So to far, a you've sandwich. said everything I've said with fries. And sometimes you can put some in a sandwich. You could put chips in your sandwich, which I do on the daily, and you can use that as a as a texture. Are you telling your me sandwich? that I can't put a French fry inside my hamburger sandwich or not my for the burrito? Texture. I no, can not for the texture. I do, and I no, have. You can't. I've dipped them in my shakes. Okay, and it's all going to be a mess, Brian. It's not a mess. There's no texture to it, Brian. There's no texture to it. It is a big gelatinous mess. Yet you can do it, but it doesn't serve the purpose of which a chip is so 
uh, wonderful and so perfect for so adding texture. It is. It is, adding, it is adding. It is adding texture. I mean, you can and you can use chips for you know uh, putting in guacamole. Yeah, uh, chips are uh, they come in all different varieties. I've you had have, guacamole with my fries. You too. have tortillas. You have uh, um, uh, tortilla chips. You have potato chips. You have Nutri-Grain chips. Whatever the hell that, that is in that shit. Um, you've got all of these different Nutri-Grain wonderful chips. ways. I want you to yeah, listen to yourself like, right now. Cheetos, you've got Cheetos. Cheetos. Chips are just they 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 create a whole world, a universe of awesomeness. And Funyuns, come on! And you have to with fries. What the fuck? You got <laughs> fries. You've got your curly fries, your crisp cut fries. You've yes, got your seasoned exactly. fries. You've got your oh, you know. and your sweet potato fries, which are the devil, by the way. Stay away from sweet potato fries. They are the worst thing on this earth. I hate. I hate wow. sweet potato fries. Wayne, who would have thought you would have hit such a chord with Tony? You found I his did. worst thing on earth. It's not worse. It's you not said worse, it was. I have just to say. now you just said it. No, they're great for you like hamburgers and fries were the worst things and for on earth. fish and chips. But if I had to pick one, there's a huge variety of uh, uh, you know. I think this when is can good you get flaming hot fries? When can you get when flaming you put hot the fries? right stuff on them? <laughs> no. Anytime no, you want. You That's don't. the answer. Anytime you want. No. <laughs> okay. Do they manufacture these said flaming hot fries? I'm sure somebody could if they wanted to, but they have sauces and dips and like a salt, you know, I don't know, thing on top of them. You can do whatever you want with fries. That's how versatile they are. That is why they are so, so good. I'm sorry that you're so closed minded that you cannot expand out beyond the fry world to find something that you actually liked. Have fun with your little stale chips because I'm going to be enjoying my fries. Oh, anyway. You're wrong on this one. Oh, uh, this is perfect. I was hoping that this is this. I was waiting for this one question, and I had a feeling it would get this reaction. I didn't. I thought Brian for sure would have said chips Why? because he his because he is a smart man, and <laughs> I I just see that he would be like, you know what? Chips are so much more than fries. I thought he would for sure see it that way, but you know, he constantly surprises me. He constantly comes up with these little surprises that uh, I had no idea. That um, you know, well, it, it was going to cause this kind we of. We need to settle this, like we settle settle all of our debates, and let's put it to the polls. Oh, we are going to put it. Oh, to this polls. is going to be the final poll question. This will be the final poll question. Okay, this will be the final poll question, and we are going to read that at the uh, season finale. The season finale, right? Mm-hmm. And we're also going to come up with the winner of the poll stuff. So please. Oh, I hope I hope this goes my way. I really do. I don't want to lose. I don't. I, yes, I know. I want it to go my way, but chips. I'm sorry. Chips are just. Uh, yes. All right. Fries. I. They're one note. Tony, try to yes. try to close this out. All right. Uh, again. I can't thank you enough for making this possible for us to do this every week. While I'm sad to see our, our break coming up here in the, soon, I think it is needed mostly for Wayne to get his bearings. But uh, hopefully you guys will be back with us for, for season two. We do have a spectacular show for you for our season finale. So please join us then. And as always, thank you for being part of this. We could not do it without you, Brian. Thank you, everybody, for being so supportive of the show. We could not do it without you. We do it for you, and this brings us a lot of joy. Thank you. You are part of the conversation. We'll see you next time.
And one more thing before we get going, please, please, please help us get into the top 25 percentile of podcasts out there and share, share, share the joy known as the knowledge of nothing. Till next time, take care. We'll see you at the season finale.